Thank you for downloading this sermon from Grace Presbyterian Church. Grace is a church where people seeking more grace, more depth, and more community can start finding their way and sharing their gifts with the world. You can follow us online at graceforsufalls.org. We want to take a moment now to pause and to reflect on Christ's final words on the cross. It is finished, he said. It is finished. I have to admit that I've had Bach on the brain for the last couple of weeks. Those of you who have been following along with our Hearing the Music podcast as it's been broadcast on public radio over the past two weeks probably felt what I felt as we were working through chapter 18 and chapter 19, which is a a degree of richness that comes from having reflected on this text at length. At the very center of that work of Bach's, the St. John Passion, is an aria, Es ist vollbracht in German, which means it is finished. It's a reflection on these words found in John chapter 19, verse 30. It's so important to the work that David and I actually took an entire episode to unpack that piece of music and to talk about it. If you listen to the aria, there are two distinct emotions that come across. One of them is mourning. It's a very sad sort of pouring out of grief. But then in the midst of the morning, there is this second part where, where joy is suddenly expressed. Not just joy, but triumph. And those two emotions seem contradictory. Mourning on the one hand and triumph on the other. The singer sings in the first mode, in the f- mode of mourning, It is finished, O comfort for the ailing soul. The night of sorrow now measures out its last hour. But in the second, in the triumphant vein, she sings, the hero from Judah conquers with might and concludes the battle. It is finished. And if you listen to that episode, and if you haven't, that's fine. You can go to hearingthemusic.org. You can spend all day tomorrow immersing yourself in this music. But when you listen, you're going to hear me say these words, that to understand how those two emotions, seemingly contradictory, fit together, it is essential to understand what Jesus meant when he said, it is finished. And as I said on the podcast, most people think they know what Jesus meant, and most people are wrong. Because what Jesus means by those words is very different than what you might expect. And that's what I want to talk about now. For reasons of time and format, I couldn't go into the kind of depth that I would have liked to. And so I'm going to answer that question now. What was finished? What was Jesus talking about in those final words on the cross? But before we do that, I want to duck back into the Psalms. We've been turning to the Psalms for comfort over the last few weeks. So I want to go to Psalm 30. If you look at Psalm 30, it's full of famous lines. This is the Psalm, for example, where you will find weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. But what I want you to look at is the very end, the final stanza, verses 11 and 12 of Psalm 30. You read these words. 
You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. The Psalm 30 is a psalm of David, and here David skips entirely over the stages of grief. But he goes directly from mourning to dancing, straight out of the funeral rags into the feasting clothes, emphasizing the turnaround that takes place when God's grace intervenes and delivers us. You can't understand Jesus's words on the cross unless you keep that in mind, that sudden turn where mourning can become joy that leads to dancing. All of a sudden, just because God intervenes. The cross of Jesus is something to mourn, a death, an execution. But what Jesus finished at the cross gives us a reason to dance. So what did Jesus finish? What did Jesus finish on the cross? The answer is the work. Simple as that, the work. Jesus finished the work of salvation. Jesus did not give up his spirit until every last ounce of the work that was necessary for our salvation had been finished. In other words, Jesus left nothing undone. When he said it is finished and he gave up his spirit, he meant there is nothing left for you to do. The crucifixion is a reason to weep. And yet because of the crucifixion, we weep no more. This isn't in John's gospel, but in John's vision in the book of Revelation, you find these words in in that touchstone passage that we've gone back to again and again in Revelation 5. When John has his vision of the heavenly throne room, he sees the, the scroll that is sealed up with seven seals There's no one present who is worthy to open the scroll. And it's so heartbreaking to realize that no one there is worthy. No one there possesses the righteousness to do this thing that the apostle John breaks down and weeps. In Revelation 5, starting in verse 5, you read these words. One of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And John says, between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. That slain lamb was a sacrifice, but that sacrifice was a triumph. In handing himself over to death after living a life of perfect righteousness, Jesus defeated, conquered death itself. That's where Bach gets this idea of this note of triumph, of joy, the hero of Judah conquering. That's where it comes from, from John's vision in Revelation chapter 5. But if all this talk of lions and lambs is too symbolic for you. Just remember that analogies like that are a way of understanding complex, deep spiritual realities that that we couldn't understand any other way. 
But if you want a little less symbolism, you want it a little more concrete, the author of Hebrews actually gives it to us. He explains to us what it is that Jesus accomplished on the cross. He does this in chapters 9 and 10 when he compares Jesus to an earthly priest. In Hebrews 9, starting in verse 26, you read these words. He, Christ, has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it was appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And if that's not enough, in chapter 10, he returns to this theme. He makes the comparison between Jesus and other priests really clear. Starting in verse 11 of chapter 10, he says, Every high priest or every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet, quoting Psalm 110. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That's what was finished on the cross. That's what Jesus did. The reason I want you to remember that fact is this. Most people, when they awaken to a sense of the spiritual, when they awaken to the idea that that there may be more in life, more to seek and more to find. They imagine that being religious is about making up for your sins. It's about balancing the scale somehow, balancing the bad things that you've done with good things, going on a kind of journey, a quest of enlightenment in which we become better and better people. You'll see this in just about every religious system that you can think of, including many branches of Christianity, if we're honest. Basically, the assumption behind that way of thinking is that when Jesus said, it is finished, what he was talking about, what Jesus thought was finished, actually isn't. That there's still work to be done that we awaken to this new reality, and now it's time to start doing the work that is still left to do in order to be saved. That's what I mean when I say that most people think they know what Jesus was talking about when he said it is finished, and most people are wrong. Because there is no work still to be done. If you think that the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you think the story that you've heard this evening is a call to work, then you've not heard what the Spirit is saying. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a call to work. Jesus calls us to rest, to rest in his work, which was finished at the cross. Looking at your sin, at the just condemnation for that sin, at the penalty for sin, looking at death, Jesus sees it and he speaks the words, it is finished. 
looking at your salvation, at all that is necessary for you to be joined to him and to know God truly, even as you have been known. Jesus looks at all of that and he says, it is finished. It is finished. I have done this work. Rest in me. And as we reflect on the cross of Jesus Christ, let us strive to enter that rest. Thank you for listening. You can find more sermons from Grace and information about joining us for worship by visiting our website at graceforsufalls.org. We also invite you to visit the iTunes store and subscribe to the Sermons of Grace podcast.